Good morning. We are glad you joined us this morning. Our in-person services are at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Central, and then we live stream our 9.30 service each and every Sunday. Watch our services anytime on our YouTube channel or our website. Don't miss our annual sing-along next Sunday with our own Lori Dockin and Aaron Schwab at 1 p.m. right here in the sanctuary. All ages welcome. Bring your family. Mark your calendars for our holiday events and services. On Christmas Eve, services are at 5 and at 8. Join us for a beautiful music, our traditional candle lighting ceremony, and a special dramatization of Joseph as we imagine the experiences of Jesus' earthly father. This will be interpreted in terms of ASL as well as live streamed at 8 p.m. On Sunday, January 26th, we will come together for an intergenerational Kwanzaa service honoring the magnificent diversity in our unity community as beloved children of God. We have two opportunities for New Year's Eve at Unity, our burning bowl service at 8 p.m. and then meditating in the new year at 11 p.m. with Reverend Tony. And then our beloved Whitestone services will return on Sunday, January 2nd. Don't miss out. Details for all of our upcoming events, activities are on the, white, on the church website, Facebook page, and then our weekly emails, Happening at Unity and Peak at the Week. You can also always call or email the church office. And now I invite Julie Franzel Nelson up for, uh, from our nominating committee for a special announcement. The weather outside can be frightful, staying home can be delightful, and if you'd like to learn about serving on the board, you can Zoom, you can Zoom, join us on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Unity Minneapolis has openings for two board members to learn and for questions about serving on the board. There is a Zoom meeting on Tuesday, December 14th at 7 p.m. Details of requirements, for serving on the board and Zoom passwords are in your um, bulletin and on the Unity Minneapolis website. Join us on Zoom. I kept it short, just as promised. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Julie, thank you. And now I'm gonna invite you to join Reverend Pat in our opening prayer. And I'll try to keep it short, just as promised too. <laughs> join me in prayer. Let us take just that universal deep breath of God together and we let go. And we let God be God in us today. We wrap our world in prayer today. Knowing that God is greater than whatever we face. God is greater than illness, greater than loss, greater than injustice, and greater than confusion. God is an ever-flowing stream of love an ever-flowing stream of wisdom pouring through each of us to anoint our earth with healing, harmony, and wholeness. And today, we hold in our heart all of those that have been affected by weather, especially the weather in the South, all the tornadoes, the damage that has been done. We're seeing it being restored. 
not only the physical restoration, but the mental and emotional as well. We pray with all of those that are experiencing challenges, especially illness in their life today. We know with them that God is life itself, wholeness, well-being. And for that, we're grateful. We hold our spiritual community, Unity Minneapolis, in prayer. Seeing it wrapped in the arms of the divine. And for that, we are grateful. So we say thank you. Thank you, God. And we see this service unfolding in a way that is truly a blessing to each and every person that has contacted us today. And we say thank you, God. Amen. Reverend Kevin. Advent. The four weeks preceding Christmas are referred to as Advent. Advent marks the coming. In many faith traditions, the dark time of winter is celebrated with a season of lights. In the Jewish tradition, Hanukkah is a festival of lights. In the African-American tradition, the celebration of Kwanzaa also incorporates the lighting of candles. In the ancient Druid tradition, there were fires lit to celebrate the power of light. In the Christmas tradition, the light refers to the story of the birth of Jesus, which symbolized the possibility for the Christ Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God to be born in us, that we become aware of our own spiritual potential. We use the time of Advent and the symbols of the Christmas season to keep this ongoing possibility alive for us. Love. The third candle represents love, and it is symbolized by the baby Jesus himself. Jesus is a representation of boundless and unconditional love. When we are established fully in hope and faith and peace, we are able to extend the experience of love to ourselves and there to all the rest of God's creation. It is through the union of wisdom represented by Joseph and the compassion represented by Mary that the love and light of God can come into full experience and expression in our world. I'd like to invite Sonia, Chris, and Gabby Bjork to come on up. little appreciation for this beautiful family. Thank you. On this third Sunday of Advent, three candles are lit. This has been done since the fourth century. We also decorate Christmas trees. Christmas trees and evergreen remind us that God is always alive, always ready to help us. Each decoration has a history and a meaning. Angels are for your highest thoughts. Toys are for joy. Doves are for peace. Santa Claus is the spirit 
of giving. Stars are like the ones that led the wise men. Colored balls remind us God shines in many ways. Light shines and glow in peace. And oh, how wonderful to have decorated Christmas tree to remind us of these powerful gifts of the season. Please stand as you are able for our opening song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Good morning, and please be seated. Good morning. How you doing? Great. So, yeah, it's this beautiful day today, and we're grateful that you're with us today, that you've chosen to spend part of your day with us today. You know, I believe that Unity offers practical teachings that help us to live meaningful and healthy and prosperous lives. Unity is also an open and welcoming, inclusive community. And therefore, one of our thing, favorite things to do is to acknowledge our guest. If, or today, if you're a guest or you feel like you're a guest, we want to acknowledge your presence here today. If you're in the sanctuary here, we invite you to raise your hand. We have a rose for you and a packet of information for you. And if you're online, my dear friends, we invite you to follow that link, fill out that contact card, and someone from our staff will reach out to you. So my dear friends, if you are new or you feel like you're new today, I invite you, if you would, just to take your courage in your hand and raise your hand as I raise my hand. New or feel like you're new today? Well, I think we're all new or we feel like we're new today. So my friends, just, just know this, that regardless of how you choose to connect with Unity Minneapolis, you are indeed welcome here. You're welcome in the sanctuary. You're welcome online. That is your choice, how you choose to connect, and we're grateful you're with us today. So let's applaud each other, okay? Let's appreciate our day here. 
Also today, we are our, these are our core values, and let's affirm them together. They are in your order of service. May we affirm these core values together. Together, we are loving, transforming, welcoming, spirit-filled, prosperous, and joyful. And now then, the affirmation for our Advent season. Together, I discover the awakening Christ within me. Within me. Let's do that again. I discover the awakening Christ spirit within me. Now let's have the reading of our daily word, the daily word today. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. As the usher brings down the prayer box, you are invited to mentally add your prayers to the written request in the box. After the service, your prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written request. You may also submit an online prayer request via our website. Your prayers are then prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days and then they are forwarded to Silent Unity, where they are prayed with for an additional 30 days. The word for today is love. We affirm love lights my way. In this Advent season, as I prepare my heart for the rebirth of my inner Christ child, I take a moment to connect with the spirit of love within. Sometimes this season may seem to be about presents, food, and celebrations, but it is really about love. Love is the power upon which the whole world revolves, especially at this busy time of year. I want to stay attuned to the love of the Christ within. Through this reciprocal power, the love I give returns to me abundantly. The love transcends all transforming any perceived negativity into a blessing. I express love in all my words and actions. I may give a plate of homemade food or send a heartfelt note of appreciation. Whatever I do, I let the love in my heart be my guide. And in Scripture 12, 31, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater. The word for today is love.
let us join together in meditation. If you feel comfortable doing so, gently close your eyes and allow yourself to center. Take a deep breath and relax into your seat. Focus on your breath in and out. In and out. No place to go. Nothing to do. Allowing each breath to guide you to your still, calm, center. Each breath guiding you to your oneness with spirit. And in this centered place on this Advent Sunday, where we celebrate love, I ask you to share in the words of the poet Mary Oliver as I read her poem titled, Of Love. I have been in love more times than one, thank the Lord. Sometimes it was lasting, whether active or not. Sometimes it was all but ephemeral, maybe only an afternoon, but not less real for that. Oh, they stay in my mind, these beautiful people, or anyway, beautiful people to me, of which there are so many. You and you and you whom I had the fortune to meet or maybe missed. Love, 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 it was the core of my life, which of course comes the, from the word for the heart. And oh, have I mentioned that some of them were men and some were women and some now carry my revelation with you. Some were trees or places, or music flying above the names of their makers, or clouds, or the sun, which was the first and the best, the most loyal for certain, who looked so faithfully into my eyes every morning. So I imagine such love of the world its fervency, its shining, its innocence and hunger to give of itself. Yes, I imagine this is how it began. Now let us take those words into the silence.
Now take a deep breath. And affirm silently. I remember to open myself to divine love and let it flow to others. Another breath. Coming back into the room, this time and space. And when you're ready, open your eyes. shall know him when he comes, not by any din of drums, nor his manners, nor his airs, nor by anything he wears. Thou shalt know him when he comes, not by a crown, nor by a gown, but his coming known shall be by the holy harmony, which his coming makes in thee. Thou shalt know him It is so great to have our choir back with us. It's wonderful to have you back. 
You add so much to our services. Um, we appreciate you so much. I know how much work you put into this, and I just cannot thank you enough. So thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this beautiful day, and thank you, God, for your being here today. You know, I, um, I want to share, start out with one of my favorite books. It's called More Holy Humor. And uh, this week, I was looking for some humor several times. And so I want to share with you a couple of my the ones that really rang true for me this morning. The wise men were truly wise men. Unlike most men, they stopped and they asked for directions. <laughs> and this one. I bought my Christmas cards last January. Just last January. I just can't find them. And our youngest daughter, Nancy, was almost four. My wife and I had our four children and tried to prepare Nancy for Christmas by talking with her about the real meaning of Christmas and why the family celebrated it. Nancy had a wonderful Christmas with lots of presents and toys. And a few days later, she was talking with her older sister about what a great Christmas she had. And she said, I sure hope Joseph and Mary have another baby. I like that one, too. I sure, you know, every year, isn't it wonderful that every year we get together and we get to celebrate this amazing Christmas story and this amazing Christ presence that gives birth within us, that we have that opportunity every year to give birth to this Christ presence. This past Friday morning, I had just finished my meditation, and I was sitting in my meditation chair, and as I was looking across the room, I saw there on my credenza, in a box, the creche, the nativity scene, that I had placed there the first Sunday of Advent. I had placed it there, and sure enough, the picture was looking out at me, and it was still in the box. <laughs> I said to myself when I placed it there, I know without a doubt that I'll have a chance to unpack this and to really look at it. And here it was, almost the third Sunday of Advent, and Christmas was still in the box. Wow, did I get a chance to reflect on that. I asked myself, Pat, how often do you keep Christmas in a box? Is Christmas something that we just unpack and we put out for December? Or is it something that we, uh, that we live every day? I'd like to tell you that as I had that realization that I got up and unpacked Christmas, I have a confession. I did not. But I knew I would before the weekend was over. And so yesterday, I took time as I was preparing for my lesson. I couldn't go any farther. And I went over and I started to unpack the crash, the nativity scene. And the one that was in the box is a beautiful, it's a beautiful set. It has its white porcelain. I like that. It's trimmed in gold. It's sitting on the little round wooden thing all exactly. And you look at the picture and you look at the place. Oh, have you done that before? Isn't that a joy? And at the same time, Christmas had a deeper meaning for me as I took it out of the box this year. 
I knew without a doubt that I needed to look at these characters. These characters of the Christmas story that was in the box and what it means in my own life. I started with Joseph and Mary. Don't ask me why I started with Joseph and Mary, but I did. I know that Joseph, metaphysically, represents wisdom and understanding. And I know also that Mary represents love, divine love. And I know that it takes this divine love and this understanding and this wisdom to come together so that we can acknowledge at Christ's presence within us. I believe also that understanding around this whole story is not as the world understands, but as we understand. You know, the Christmas story and Joseph and Mary, it makes no sense, does it? You know, here we've got a girl that is pregnant and still a virgin. Makes no sense. A girl that's 12, 14, maybe, marrying an older man, Joseph. In some cases, some theologians believe that Joseph was as old as 90. I choose not to believe that. But I also choose not to let age get in the way of my happiness. And you do too. So here these two had come together. They had come together, wisdom and understanding to create this Christ child. Wow. And then, of course, as I placed Joseph and Mary there, the next thing I couldn't help but do was to, to place the manger in place. Metaphysically, I like to think of the manger as my heart. Have I opened the manger of my heart to receive what I understand as the Christ presence? Have I opened it, or is it just my mind that I've opened because you see, again, it makes no sense. I have to open it from my heart. And I ask myself, Pat, how many times do you keep your heart closed? And how many times do you keep it open so that it's room enough for everyone? Then, of course, I looked at Jesus. Beloved Jesus. You know, I had a professor in seminary that said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We all have to come to terms with Jesus. And I think sometimes when we come into a teaching like this, we feel like sometimes we have to throw Jesus out with the bathwater, so to speak. But we don't. Jesus is our teacher. Jesus is my way shower. And yet Jesus was born just like you and the two of us. The, just two of us were born this way. The others were not. <laughs> But Jesus was born just like you and me. Jesus was the name given to the baby, was the name given to the man. And Jesus developed in wisdom and in statue. When we refer to the Christ, you and I both know that we do not refer to the Christ as Jesus' last name. Jesus Christ is not. The Christ is not Jesus' last name. The Christ is that divine, universal presence that lives in you and lives in me. And this Christ presence is known by many names. In unity, we refer to it as the Christ. 
Jesus, my dear friends, became Jesus Christ. That divine potential that was in him was fully developed. Eric Butterworth, in his wonderful book, Discover the Power Within, he talks about, he says, that the great miracle is not necessarily the birth, but the great miracle is the evolution of consciousness in Jesus. Jesus, because of his evolution of consciousness, because of his studying, because of his awareness of the Christ presence, he became Jesus Christ. In other words, so many people says it's so hard to see where Jesus stops and Christ begins. Wow. Can I say that about Reverend Hatt? Not often. Not often. And so it's important for me, my dear friends, to, to know that I have that divine potential to express the Christ. I love also, I think Mr. Butterworth said it. I'll give him credit for it anyway. He said something, he says, you know, God was no more centered in Jesus than God is centered in you. The difference is that Jesus was more centered in God. You see that you see that shift? Jesus lived it every day. He had that union between the Christ, that presence, and Jesus the man. Truly divine, just like you and just like me, full potential of the divine. So I place Jesus in the manger, knowing also that I had the same potential as Jesus. You know, it's interesting. There's only two books in the Bible that really starts and tells us the Christmas story. It's Matthew and it's Luke. They're the ones that have the story. And wow, are they different. You know, if you noticed Easter and Christmas, we got to pick and choose. we got to blend this little story together. Well, obviously, you know, Matthew was writing into a tire. They both wrote about 70 A.D. They wrote, both wrote to two different audiences. Matthew, a disciple of Jesus. Matthew was writing to the, uh, the, the Jewish audience, saying, without a doubt, Jesus is king of kings, lord of lords. And over here, Luke, who we believe had something to do with Paul, and studied with Paul, Luke over here was writing to the Gentile audience. What a powerful contrast in the two stories if you go and you look at these two stories. It's over here in, it's over here in Matthew where we see wise men, often known as kings, that came and brought gifts to Jesus. You know, so I ask myself, well, what does this wise men have to do with me? You know, wise men, am I wise enough to seek that divine presence and live that divine presence each and every day the best of my ability? Do I do that or do I, in, in the book of Matthew, when I run into Herod, the king, Herod? Herod, which represents ego, 
Herod, which represents our strong will? Or am I able to let go and let God be God in me? Or am I caught up in the ego of Reverend Pat? So when can I, when am I the wise man or the wise man, and when am I Herod over here? You get to ask yourself the same questions. That's what some Christmas is about. It's interesting, I thought also, that it was Herod did not see the star. Did you notice in the Christmas story? Herod couldn't see the star. But guess what? The wise men saw the star. And I thought of one of my teachers. He says, things of spirit must be spiritually discerned. In other words, for us to see the light, for us to see the star, it has to be within us. We have to be willing to see that star and that light. We have to be out of our ego in order to see it. Wow. When am I willing and when am I not? When am I in that Herod consciousness and when am I in that wise men consciousness? And then I love the fact that over here Luke wrote to the Gentiles. And in this particular story, you might remember, it was shepherds, humble shepherds in a field. Wow. These humble shepherds, they also saw the star. And, you know, I thought to myself, isn't it wonderful, regardless of the status that you have in your life, regardless of whether you're a king or regardless of whether you're a shepherd, you get to become aware of that divine presence and that star. And guess what happened, my dear friends? Angels announced to the shepherds, announced not only the star, but announced to them that there was a new baby. But they did something different. They just didn't know. They went. They saw, they heard, and they went to Bethlehem. They put action into what their belief was. I use, during this uh, Advent season, often during the year, I use something called Preparation for Christmas. It's daily meditations. It's written by Rev, uh, Father Richard Rohr, one of my favorite authors. And he writes, he says that Christmas has a bias toward action, seeing and, and hearing and doing. He writes, The Word of God is telling us very clearly that if you do not do it, you, in fact, do not believe it and have not heard it. Wow. Don't you, that, don't you think of our principles, our unity principles? Not only do we have to understand these things, we have to live them in our own life. We have to do them in our own life. He goes on to say the only way that we become convinced of our own sense of power, dignity, and the power of God is by actually doing it, by crossing a line, a line that has a certain degree of unprovability to it. And that's why we call it faith. In the crossing of that line and acting in a new way based on what we believe, the kingdom values are then and only then can we hear in a new way and really believe what we say. We believe in the first place. In the years ahead, I say Christianity moving from mere belief systems to an invitation to practices whereby we then realize things on a new level. Jesuits call it exercises. 
Methodists call it methods. Gandhi called it experiments with truth. We in unity call it practices. These practices that we put in our life, such as meditation, doing that meditation, which I believe as we meditate, it opens ourselves, it opens our consciousness to a greater awareness of God's presence. But it also opens our consciousness so that we too can see the star, so that we too can be guided, be guided to the Christ presence within. Yeah, it means action, my dear friends. That's Christmas. So this Christmas, I ask you in another way, have you, have you unpacked Christmas? Have you just put it out? Or have you really looked at the meaning behind each of the characters and asked yourself, am I living this character? Am I manifesting this character in my life? The third Sunday of Advent, love. And when I put the schedule together, I was determined that I was going to speak a little bit about love. You and I know so much. Charles Fillmore is phenomenal. Let me just share a couple of things with him. Charles Fillmore, co-founder of our movement, he says that love is both personal and impersonal. Personal and impersonal. In other words, sometimes you can disagree with someone and still love them, right? Let me try that one more time. You can disagree with someone and still love them, right? Right. Now, is it easy? No. But why can we do that? I can disagree with you, you can disagree with me, and we can still love each other. And we can do that because what we teach here, it's oneness. When I look out there, not only am I knowing that I am one with the divine, but I am one with you. And because we're one together, it's not necessarily that we agree on everything. But we can still love each other and know our oneness with each other and support each other. Charles Fillmore says, and also Jesus put it in a beautiful way. Jesus says, love your enemies. Oh, please, Jesus, really. <laughs> I mean that with all my heart. Yet, absolutely. And you might say, well, who are my enemies? And we have a tendency sometimes to go out here, out here in the outer world to find our enemies. You and you and you and you and the government and this and this and this. You know what my, one of my biggest enemies is? Something on the inside here that tells me, guides me perhaps in the wrong way, that will that I'm not willing to let go of. Something on the inside that says it's my way or the highway. Something on the inside that keeps me from looking at both and. That can be my enemy as well. Those thoughts. The shepherds had to shepherd their thoughts. Those sheep. And I too get to shepherd my negativity thoughts. That happens to be sometimes my worst enemy. It says the pure essence of being that binds the whole human family is love. Charles Fillmore. Love is what holds the whole place together. Harmony. Divine love is impersonal. It loves for the sake of loving. Don't you love that? That in unity we don't have to have an object to love? We think sometimes we do, don't we? But we don't. 
we can just love for the sake of loving. He goes on to say, it's impersonal. It loves for the sake of loving. It is not concerned with what or who it loves, nor will it return of love. Like the sun, it's joy in the shining forth of its nature. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envious not. Love bonus not itself. It is not puffed up. Love is an inner quality that sees good everywhere and in everyone. Love is an inner quality that sees good in everywhere and in everyone. You know what? This is another one of our teachings. You spot it, you got it. You know that teaching. You see it in someone else. It has to be within you or you would have never seen it. Love, my dear friends. And then, of course, this time of year, I often have people that come and say, you know, I want that special someone in my life. How do I go about doing that? Like I've got a magic formula. <laughs> or I have people this time of year that says, I want someone out of my life. How do I go about doing that? <laughs> like I've got a magic formula. But again, as I teach from this platform, and you've heard me teach it over and over and over and over and over again, it's not finding the right person. It's becoming the right person. And then as we become the right person, then we attract to us by right of consciousness the exact people that we're supposed to be in our life. So those people that are in your life, regardless of how you judge them, regardless of how you see them, you've attracted them into your life for a reason. That doesn't mean you have to stay with them forever, let me say that, okay? <laughs> but you've attracted them for a reason, and that is you've attracted them to learn your love lesson. This Christmas, take Christmas out of the box. Look at each one of those characters and ask yourself, not only do I see and hear, but do I do? Do I do? I love you. I bless you. I behold the living presence of the divine within you. And so it is. Amen.
While the choir is being seated, I want to take this opportunity to uh, remind you that Christmas Eve, I am so excited about Christmas Eve this year. Not that I don't love all our Christmas Eve services. I do, I do, I do. And at the same time, this year, we are also going, it's called Joseph, which is a drama, a reading. And Joseph, you know, each year we look, we'll have all the other characters too, Mary and Jesus and all the shepherds. We'll have all those in the story as well. But this is about Joseph, uh, Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. And we're going to emphasize that a little bit this Christmas, and I'm excited about that. In addition, of course, to our regular, uh, our regular services, our regular candlelighting service as well. You know, this is the time of year when we invite you to make a year-end gift to Unity Minneapolis, and this year is no exception. This is part of our budgeting process as well. And so we are looking for 100% participation this year to make a gift to Unity Minneapolis. And someone that's making a gift makes a, year, a gift every year is Judy Benar. And Judy's going to share with us. We've had board members and staff and congregates, and Judy's going to share with us why she makes, why she makes a year-end gift. I like this microphone. I'm used to it. Yes. Um, Chuck and I give to Unity every month. We, we love the consistent giving. I've been here since about 1993, and uh, coming as a loving person who just enjoys the meditation and the lessons, I most enjoy about Unity that throughout the many years I've attended here, I have still felt just as much a part of the community, whether at home I was reading a book on the world's religions, or if I was actually reading what I'm reading right now, which is the Tao Te Ching, and it really resonates with me, so I still come here and go, mm-hmm, that too. <laughs> and that's a wonderful place to have a community that we are allowed to walk freely and think freely, and I very much value that. The business of giving at the end of the year, the reason I value that is because it's Christmas, guys. <laughs> and, you know, I can't bake you all cookies. I could, but I don't know your favorites. Um, but, I, but we give at the end of the year because the monthly giving that we do feels like the maintenance of holding the community and keeping it going. 
And the giving at the end of the year is about dreams. And if we're going to continue to adapt to our changing world and stay in a dream state that's logical and practical, my left brain speaking again, then we need to have that extra boost. And so every year it's our joy to give extra to Unity Community. Let's appreciate Judy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm going to invite you to make that year-end gift to Unity Minneapolis. You're streaming with us. There's a secured link there that takes you to a secured site. It's online, giving unityminneapolis.org. Donate. Also, there's a QR code in your program as well that will take you to a secured place as well. And also, there's offering envelopes throughout the sanctuary, and just fill that out and put it in a receptacle as you leave the church today. So, uh, and also, you can mail a check to Unity Minneapolis as well. So let's just take a moment and just uh, give thanks for the opportunity to give, the opportunity to give in love. Let's affirm together our church offertory blessing found in your order of service. Together, divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. So we take just a moment as we bless these gifts, and we bless all the gifts that's been received this week, and we send these gifts forth to fulfill our vision and mission of a transformed world. Thank you. Thank you, God. Amen. Inviting our on-duty unity prayer chaplains to please stand. These individuals arrived early in the Hail Sacred Space in the sanctuary today, and they're here to hold sacred space with you to listen with the ears of their heart to pray aloud with you and then to hold what they have heard in the strictness of confidence. So today, if you have a prayer request, by all means, seek out a Unity Prayer Chaplain. Those of you that are streaming with us today, we invite you also to seek out a Unity Prayer Chaplain. There is a link there that will take you to a private Zoom room. We invite you to be a part of our prayer as well. You know, a few weeks ago, you got a message in your email box, those of you that are on our email list, about an upcoming change in our health protocols here at Unity Minneapolis beginning on Sunday, December the 19th. All who enter our building and are, are age el eligible to be COVID-19 vaccinated will be required to be fully vaccinated. 
Masks will also continue to be required. Other venues throughout the Twin Cities are adapting to this very quickly as well. And so we, that means the board, the key staff, and our regathering team made the decision that our commitment, number one and foremost, is you and safety. We also believe that this decision also tied into our vision, our mission, and our values here at Unity Minneapolis. Kevin Florence is on our regathering team, and Kevin Florence is going to share some information with you as well. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Hello, friends. Uh, again, I'm Kevin Florence. Uh, I've been a regular attendee and a volunteer here at Unity for uh, over 14 years, and most recently have been volunteering on the regathering team, like Reverend Pat mentioned, um, where we've advised the board and the senior staff uh, regarding COVID protocols. And during the week, uh, my day job is I'm a health and safety manager for uh, Lando Lakes, uh, where we routinely develop health and safety programs to protect the health and safety of our valued workers. Um, I'm here to provide further information on the decision by the board and the regathering team and senior staff to require proof of vaccination, specifically how to submit your proof of vaccination. I hope you saw last week's service and heard Reverend Pat's heartfelt thoughts on this change. He kind of gave a summary right here. Uh, but if you want to see all six minutes and 45 seconds again, or want to see it for the first time, it's on our Unity Minneapolis webpage and it's linked under the red button called COVID-19. Uh, vaccines required December 19. Uh, it's, it's worth a watch. Uh, that was just a small bit of, of, uh, of, of Reverend Pat's communication. Um, so on your way in, you may have noticed in the, the table in the garden court where you can register your proof of vaccination with one of our volunteers there. Uh, please show your vaccination card, or if you don't have your card, there's an app for that. Okay. It's called the Docket app. <laughs> it sounds like my Bradyac cousin. <laughs> He's a computer whiz. Not I didn't hear about it. He didn't tell me. <laughs> Not the Docket app. The Docket app with a small d. <laughs> Spelled differently. Small d, O-C-K-E-T. The Docket app is linked to the Minnesota Department of Health Records. It's quick, easy, and secure. We'll have some tech-savvy people in the Garvin Court to help you uh, and with that app if you'd like or to answer any questions. There'll also be board members available out there. We were really encouraged last week when of the 110 people that attended both services, 95 registered with their vaccinated cards. Yes, that's what's worth collecting. Whether in person or virtually, we look forward to celebrating holiday services with everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the Docket app for me has really worked well. It has not only my COVID uh, vaccinations there, but it has everything from my flu shots to my shingle shots to everything I've been vaccinated with. So it's a wonderful thing, tool for me to use in my doctor's offices as well. Let me just say again that these decisions are not easy. Uh, we believe this decision supports safety as our first priority and who we are here at Unity Minneapolis. I will say the majority we have heard from a few people that's not totally happy about this and that was expected. And I wish that I could please all the people all the time and I can't, you know. Uh, my codependency wants to, 
you know, that wants to kick in. But I realize that I cannot. So we will hold our entire community in our prayers as we go through this together. I hear a youth and family ministry director somewhere. Come on in. Yes, yes, yes. there was a docking app. That'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, we had a great time in youth and family, and they're still going strong upstairs. We're talking about the Christmas story with the unity twist and how the star represents our, you know, divine wisdom and guidance and the wise men and the gifts they share, and it's just a beautiful story um, told with the unity spirit of love and connection and that we all have the power of the Christ within us to shine out. So join us for the rest of our Advent season. And then on December 26th, we'll be talking about Kwanzaa, just like we will here in the sanctuary. And we've got our own version of the white stone ceremony in January. So lots of great stuff coming up. And then don't forget to come to our sing-along. We're so excited for that event to be for all ages next Sunday after the second service. So see you back here in the sanctuary next Sunday. I really appreciate that all of our services are streamed. All of our services are streamed. And also, Cassidy, I know that you do a hybrid in as well upstairs. So if you want your children involved and you choose for them not to be here in person, if you choose that for whatever reason, you can also come in with Zoom as well. So thank you very much. I'm going to invite Reverend Kevin to the platform as well. Let's stand together for our prayer for protection and our peace song. It's been a joy having you here today. Next week we continue our Advent journey as we talk about joy. Joy. Uh, speak to at least three people you don't know in the sanctuary today. Uh, give them that big, big smile underneath your mask and perhaps even a namaste. So let us know together that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is well.